would please be seated. Let's get ready for a video and then worship. You know you can connect with us by texting the word connect to 352-441-3016 and those that are watching online you can text the word online to the number that's on your screen thank you for joining us and and speaking of joining us uh, we appreciate our guests if you are a first-time guest here you can text the word guest to that same number 352-441-3016 and do not forget to pick up your free mug from the information booth on your way out so because this is a blessing and it has some goodies in there for you so thank you so much i was uh, talking to someone this morning and pretty much every week we have someone that's visiting us and joining us so we appreciate that we appreciate you checking us out amen and those that are not into the texting and all that stuff just fill out a connection card from the chair back there in, in front of you praise the lord you know we were just talking in the meeting and i was just saying with them we're thankful for the independence the freedom that we have you know, as a nation, as the United States of America, amen. But you know what? The ultimate freedom that we do have also is freedom from the kingdom of darkness. Amen. We have been set free from the kingdom of darkness, and so we have many reasons to celebrate, both naturally today and spiritually. Amen. So we're going to ask you to go ahead and join us in worship. If you're able to stand or you want to stand, go ahead and stand, and we're going to praise the Lord together.
Amen. That's something to be excited about. You're free.
thank you, Lord. Give him praise. Give him praise. We thank you that you are an unstoppable God and that you can't be stopped and that you won't stop now. And your mercies and grace are just running us down.
Thank you, Jesus. Your presence is an open door. We want you, Lord, like never before. Your presence is an open door. So come now, Lord, like never If that's you and you believe in for breakthrough today, just praise him. Just give him thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We believe. We believe in breakthrough, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Nothing's impossible for Jesus. Nothing. coming. You just believe that. Sing it. I see a miracle. My God. Make me a promise and it will yes. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. you this morning Lord we worship you father we love you Jesus we love you father we love you thank you father thank you thank you father thank you Jesus hallelujah It doesn't matter what you're going through. Jesus will make a way where there seems like there is no way. Just look to Jesus. Trust him.
doesn't matter what you go through in this life. When you put your trust in Jesus, nothing is impossible. Nothing. No cancer, no disease, nothing that this life can bring can stop the power of God. Thank you, Jesus. And we will not be shaken. For the finished work of the cross is what we carry with us. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, when you ascended on high, you said all power and authority is given onto you by your Father. And Father, you have seated us in heavenly places in you, Jesus, Christ Jesus. So all of that power is inside of us. we will not be shaken in this life no matter what we go through the enemy will not shake us we stand firm on your word Jesus thank you Lord. we trust you Lord trust in our God and through his unfailing love we will not be shaken we will not be shaken we will not be shaken Shaking, 
we will not be shaken we will not be shaken hallelujah against us on all sides we will not be shaken we will not be shaken we will not be shaken for in the hour of our darkest day we won't tremble we
those against him will fall our God is stronger he can do all things no higher name we can call Jesus is greater we can do all things Let's sing that again all those against him will fall our God is stronger he can do all things no higher name we can call Jesus is greater we can do all things let's sing that again all those against him will fall our God is stronger he can do all things no higher name we can call Jesus is greater we can do all things so we trust in our God and through his unfailing love we will not be shaken we will not be shaken we will not be shaken let's sing that again for we trust in our God and through his unfailing love we will not be shaken we will not be shaken we will not be shaken you're not shaking you're not giving up or giving in in the name of Jesus you're stable in him right you're confident in him correct hallelujah that's what your father want you to be is confident in him not in yourself but in him hallelujah amen just keeping this mind frame of that you will not be shaken because of who God is in your life. Oh, <laughs> oh now I'm really nervous. Um, this morning I got up. I'll, I get to. I believe this is a word that goes with this song for us today. I got up this morning and Shannon's been doing a message on clothe. You know, basically put off, put on, clothe yourself. And I looked up some scriptures about clothing, how God said how He clothed you. And this, he brought me back to this, and I shared it with someone this morning, because I actually, when I saw them, I saw a picture of this. He put, mm, it, he just made it so real to me, and it just blessed my heart. But this is the word he has. It's in Isaiah 110, verse 10. He goes, I am so joyful in Adonai. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me in salvation dressed me with a robe of triumph like a bridegroom wearing a festival turban like a bride adorned with her jewels for just as the earth 
brings forth its plants, or a garden makes its plants spring up, so Adonai God will cause victory and glory to spring up before all nations. How could we be shaken <laughs> when we have such an awesome father like that? And that's back then. How much more now as we're recipients even more of, of the love of God and the tangibleness of his love in our lives that we, we actually we can choose to be shaken or we can come in line with Isaiah 110 and say, I am clothed with righteousness. I am clothed with victory. And because of who I am, God will cause up as it was raining out this morning with the same factors. He will, it's, it's a law. It's a law of nature. It's a law of who God is. He will cause up in our lives triumph, victory, and glory because of who you are. And I speak that over you. I bless you. I thank you, Father God. I bless my family with victory, glory, and salvation. I speak that over them as they, they just come in, in union with you and they experience that blessing in their lives. Maybe today you feel like, I don't know that I have that kind of access. I don't have that kind of freedom. And I want to encourage you. Hebrews tells us that we have access. We can come to his throne. We don't have to knock at his door. We don't have to wait at his gate. We don't have to do the outside stuff. We have access to his throne through Jesus. And it's when we need grace, when we need his ability instead of our own, and when we need mercy, when we feel like we're so far behind that we're shaking, we have access to him. Free access. You know that your church attendance and your giving and your worship doesn't give you access. You're not earning access. Access has been bought for you. But are you using the access that you've got? Because you can come anytime. There is not one moment of one day that God is not ready to be a blessing to you, to redeem you, to rescue you and save you. He's a good dad, right? I want to read this scripture if, if, you've, um, if you've got your Bibles. Turn with me to Ephesians 3. You've heard this one plenty of times. Ephesians chapter 3. To him who is able, verse 20, who is, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think or imagine, some translations say, according to the power that is at work within us. Will we let him work in us? Because if we let him work in us, then it's beyond what we can ask, seek, and imagine. But if we won't let him work in us, we're limiting him. We're the ones who say, God can't do that. It's impossible. And guess what? 
God won't violate you. God has given you independence. He has given you independence, the ability to choose. But what you do with that independence determines whether you say, submit to God, resist the devil, or whether you say, I can do whatever I want. Oh God, help us to recognize that in you, we are free. And apart from you, we are not. Father, thank you that access to you is free. No cost. Just surrender. Thank you, Father, that whatever we bring from our hearts today, you use that with your power and your grace to multiply your kingdom. I thank you, Father, that our time, our willingness, our gifts, our offerings, our money, whatever it is that we bring today to you as an offering, as a sacrifice, as a surrender, you use that in ways beyond what we can ask and imagine. I thank you, Father, that you are our source. You are our provider. And that there is nothing that you do not want to bless us with. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you want to... If you want to connect with us through the, the, the vision and mission of Lake Haven Church, there's lots of ways that you can do that. Obviously, you being physically here is one of those ways. If you're watching online, that's one of those ways. Um, you can uh, connect with us. If you don't know what's going on at church and you wish you knew what was going on, you can text the word LOOP, L-O-O-P, to our number, 352-441-3016, and then you'll get an update. Uh, every time we add something new to the calendar, it's not a reminder. It is a one-time announcement. So um, there's a website that's attached to the loop that you can go and see what's on all the time. So I encourage you, if you're not part of the loop but you want to know what happens at church, this is how you find out. Um, if you want to give, you can uh, use offering envelopes that are in the back, in the seat back pockets in front of you, and you can drop those envelopes in the drop boxes uh, on your way out the door, or you can give online. Or you can mail a check if that's what you still do. How many of you still do checks? Just checking. Oh, that was punny. Thank you for your giving. Let me quickly announce two quick things that are coming up over the next uh, little while that are important for you to know. In case you walked in this morning and you saw red and green and said it's only July, we're doing Christmas in July. We're starting our Operation Christmas Child, which is the shoebox project. Last year we did 200 shoeboxes and we have set a goal of 1,000 shoeboxes. It's a big goal, but I think we can do it. What that means is we're looking to raise $15,000 in total over the next few months so that we can purchase in bulk the things that we can stuff into those 1,000 boxes. So our goal is $15 per box, $15,000. Can you believe with me? Okay. So um, if you are uh, if you're in the back there today, you'll see Mary has got some fun stuff for the next month, Christmas in July. You can do Christmas shopping and get some of your goodies uh, purchased for and pack them somewhere safe so you remember where they are. Because I know how many of you have done that before. You bought something for Christmas and packed it so safely you didn't find it till Valentine's. Yeah, me too. So you can shop at the back Christmas in July. Um, all of the proceeds from 
literally everything that gets sold there goes towards the shoebox. So be as generous as you would like to be. If it says $1, you can pay two. Nobody, it's going to go to a shoebox. Somebody on the other side of the world is going to be blessed by that. So Christmas in July is happening. Um, we will have a packing party on November the 20th. It is going to take quite a few of us to pack a thousand boxes. So pencil that date in your calendar. It will be nine o'clock on, on the 20th. Um, if you want to get involved in any way with the next couple of months worth of purchasing or whatever, speak to Mary. Mary, where are you? There you go. Mary's right there. She's wearing alpaca shoebox t-shirt. It sounds right when I say it, alpaca shoebox. Alpaca shoebox. Will you pack a shoebox? Okay, good. See, it is a punny day today. Okay, and then the second thing I want to remind you of is Global Leadership Summit. So Global Leadership Summit is coming up in about a month from now, uh, the 5th and 6th of August. It is an amazing leadership event. It's a two-day event all day. It's not just evenings. It is put on by a church up in uh, Chicago, and then it, we basically get the stream from here. But we're a local host site, which means we're bringing in people from the community. We'll likely have the mayor here again, people from the sheriff's office, um, trying to think of some of who the people 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 that are leaders in our community that don't necessarily attend church here but they're coming to come and get this content because it's improving their leadership skills everyone knows when the leader gets better everyone wins so we want to make sure that we get as many leaders invited to this event it is a ticketed event which means you have to pay online to global leadership network um, you can help us by well a attend because it'll It'll benefit you and it'll benefit us if you're learning with us. You can invite people. Please do invite people. And you can share this on social media with, uh, well, everyone. Share it Facebook, Instagram, however you can. You do have influence, but how will you use it? Okay, so if you are interested in coming to the event, there is early bird pricing that expires on the 13th of July, which means the prices go up after that. If you do want to register, um, well, let me mention this. Discounts for students, military, law enforcement officers, nurses, and teachers. So if you know any of those folks, make sure that they connect with us before they register so they can get their discount. And if you are going to be a volunteer or you're from this church, you get the cheapest price you can for this, but you still have to do this. No, the, okay, so the ticket price doesn't come to us. They have got 15 world-class faculty members that come to this event. It is streamed to over 500 locations around the world. We are one of four locations in Central Florida. The other ones are down south of Orlando and then one in Altamont, one in Apopka. So we are one of only four locations in this area that are offering this. So we want to make an impact in our community. We want people to drive past Lake Haven Church and say, that's that church that does that leadership thing. We, that's, that's a beacon in our community, right? Not that we don't want the gospel preached. This is not a ministry conference. This is a leadership conference. Um, if you want to volunteer for the summit or if you would like to get the best rate, text that word summit just the word summit to 352-441-3016 and we'll make sure that you get the the priority code to register online all good awesome all yours babe awesome. that is a great event i mentioned it last week um, powerful event and um, 
like Corin says, it's just a leadership. It is a leadership. It's not just a leadership, but it is world class. I tell you, we have been to very expensive leadership events, and this is world world class. Um, I think we're on the long lighting queue because I see you all in the dark there. But it's fine with me if you guys are. Oh, but um, I wanted to mention Lexi and Griffin. Congratulations. <laughs> They, they got, they got uh, engaged this week. If I, I'm not on Facebook, so I had to hear via the grapevine. Well, I haven't, I'm rarely on Facebook, but, but, so, but I'm excited for, for, for Mark and Vicky and for them. I know that they are thrilled uh, with you, Lexi and Griff. So we, that's awesome. I'm sure you guys are super excited. <laughs> cool. Um, man, 4th of July. Happy 4th, guys. Man, I'm, I, I, I am proud to be an American. You know, <laughs> it's just, uh, it, it really is a blessing. You know, uh, being in this, this beautiful nation, um, having the flag and, oh, there you go. Lights came on there somehow. Um, thank you. Um, but um, it's, it, it's a great, great nation. And I'm so grateful for this nation. And, and I, I want to say, you know, you, you know my, if you've been with, around me for very long, you know that I come from multiple countries and got a lot of cultural history in my, in my background and so on. Do you know, you know that, that we are blessed by God? And I, loved, I, I, love, I love hearing this, that God can do all things. But if you've been with me and listened to me very often, you will know that I will teach. And, and, it, and I, Scripture is very profoundly clear in this. God doesn't operate independently from men. God can do all things through him who strengthens me. You get it? There are so many scriptures that we can go, and when we study the topic, God doesn't do stuff independently like we can pray God and, and God is going to um, turn a dial. And there, No, he uses pen. We are the body of Christ. And, and I believe that the deception has been powerful because religious people or religious institutions would have separated the fact that we are partners with God. We, as he is in this world, so are we. We are the ones that execute his will. We are the ones that align ourselves with his will. If we do not align ourselves with his will and do it, it don't happen. And that is profoundly responsible. It makes us profoundly responsible. And, and I, I say that because that's been the background, and, and you'll see where I'm going when I get into my message here in a minute or two. But when it comes to this nation, God didn't create America independently. I've come from other nations. I've seen lots of Christians. There's phenomenal amount, one of the greatest, fastest-growing churches in the world. Do you know where it is right now? No. Iran. Iran is one of the fastest growing churches right now. Doesn't make it a Christian nation. You know, it doesn't, um, China, as you know, has been a hugely fast growing nation. Uh, Christian people, there's been a, a phenomenal amount of people that are born again in China. But, but these places of Iraq and Iran and things that are growing, it takes people that are willing to align themselves and then guess what? They step out and do stuff. It sounds like the early church, right? And sometimes because they step out and do stuff and they do what God wants to and they, pretty, they actually have to put their life on the line. Just like our founding fathers of this nation. They were the ones who, who when they, on the 4th of July, 1776, signed that Declaration of Independence, right? How many, how many signatures? 50, 
56, 54, 50 signatories. I think there was 56. 56 signatures on the Declaration of Independence. In fact, fun fact, do you know who the last living signatory was? Charles Carroll. <laughs> Just thought you mightn't want to know that. In fact, my dad's middle name is Charles. So, if you <laughs> but um, but but 56. Whoa, getting some high-end feedback here. There you go. Thanks, thanks, Dave. Um, but but you know, it was those guys when they signed that Declaration of Independence, and it's fun to read the history of just the whole process. You know that they, they knew by putting their names on a document that they were putting their lives at risk. It wasn't just something that they had in safety. They were going to, they, they felt like this was a necessary thing as they felt led, etc., etc., to do that. And they put their lives on the line. And as you know, the declaration, of course, led to the War of Independence. Lots of people lost their lives. I thank God. So, so what I'm trying to say is that it's up to us to carve out God's will. <laughs> it's up to us to carve out God's will on earth to pray, not just to pray thy will be done, but actually do it. It's our, that's why our obedience is necessary. It's, it's, us, it's necessary for us to align ourselves with God. It's, us, it's, it's necessary for God to use us. And, and, and I listen, I get it. There's a lot of people that would rather go to a church that say, just tell me I don't have to do anything and just come to church and, and then I don't, it's not my responsibility. I, I get it, except that that's not the truth. It isn't going to happen without you. Even, even working as, we've, as you've heard me teach over the last few series, it's by faith that these things are apprehended. We apprehend, the, we, we, we establish the kingdom. We establish the kingdom. We, Jesus gave us the keys of the kingdom. It's up to us to, to bring and to make to allow God's kingdom to come. By, like I said, it's, he strengthens it. He is the one that strengthens us. When we decide to partner with God, when we humans decide to partner with God, there ain't nothing that can stop us. But don't be deceived into thinking, well, you know, it's somebody else's job. No, it's our job. You are part of the body. You, you know, you don't see that Adam's family hand crawling you know, into church. Remember, you see that? Some people think, no, it, 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 it takes more than just a hand to do stuff. It takes eyeballs and ears and every piece of the body. Jesus, the head, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and we are his body. That's actually profound to think about what that really means. But, but, but it's, power, it's empowering for if we don't get these truths grounded in our hearts, we, 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 be, we live disempowered Christian lives. We do not establish the kingdom of God. And God wants to use you. He wants to use Lake Haven to change the world. He wants to use us to change Eustace, Umatilla, Tiberias, wherever you're at. He wants to use you. But when we understand this and we say, okay, Lord, I'm ready. I'm willing to be part of that. Amen. And more than that, I ain't going to just give lip service to that. I'm actually going to do it. That's why Scripture Jesus said, you know, wise and foolish builders, one hears it and one doesn't. Well, they both hear it. One does it and one doesn't do it. 
There is an execution factor that is up to us. And, and, and lest the grace people think, oh, Shannon's going off grace. No, 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 no. It's by grace that we do that. The, the, God's ability works through us to do the supernatural, but he uses us. He uses us to do the supernatural. That's where grace is. And grace empowers me. But I access grace by faith. Faith. And all of these factors come into play. So I obviously can't teach the whole, all of these series. But you know, when the, the disadvantage of just coming to church once in a while is that, you know, I'm doing a little bit of a foundational series here and I do a bit of a bit piece over here. And, and so I want to encourage you, stay, stay tuned. If you miss a Sunday for, and look, we're all going, Corin and I are going to go on vacation for, um, we're going to miss a Sunday in a couple of weeks' time, you know, and, and uh, in the end of July. But uh, so life happens. But, but I'm going to encourage you, stay connected with us because God, and, and, it's, and, and stay connected with the process here because we really want to build your faith. We want to build your lives because our job here as a pastor, and, and I must tell you, I really do believe God has equipped me to pastor. And, 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 and I don't say that lightly. I'm not trying to elevate myself. It's not because of me, and it's not because of I'm so all that in a bag of chips. It's just because God asked me, you know. But, but there isn't my responsibility as part of the fivefold ministry is to equip you to do the work of the ministry, to bring you to maturity. If we don't get to maturity, ain't nothing going to happen. The, the church can go back into the dark ages if we don't stop it. That's where it ended up, in the dark ages. No word of God, no knowledge, and it can happen again. It's up to you and me to do what it is. So, so, you know, I, I teach like this, and I know that it's not, <laughs> it's, not the, it's not the kind of teaching people often like, because it's like, I, don't tell me I've got to do something. I just like hearing that stuff that it's, it's, got, to, it's got to be somebody else. So I felt as I was praying about the next topic that I had to to, to lay into this, I've, I felt the Lord lay this one that I'll probably be doing this Sunday at, and next Sunday at, at very least, and it is a, a much bigger topic than that, but, but I call this, what's your bee hat? This is the tile, and I know you exactly know what I'm talking about, right? You know, so, isn't it good? <laughs> so, what is your bee hat? You know, when, um, when, when Corin, when Corin, um, uh, did some business work a couple of years ago, and I was became familiar with a lot of her business people and business. And they 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 were playing. They were going to conferences, and they were at a whole different level of leadership and and encouragement and goal setting and different stuff. And Karen was involved in these multi thousand dollar events that she got to be part of. And and a lot I heard I heard this vocabulary thrown around a lot was what is your BHAG? B-H-A-G. What is your BHAG? And the guys talk about the BHAG. What's your BHAG? One business guy to another. What's your BHAG? BHAG? And, and, and so I was like, what are you talking about? And, and, and so, so in goal setting, in, in understanding, um, they, they said, well, you've got to, the, the, what is the reason that you're in your business for? What drives you? What, what motivates you? What keeps you focused? What are you pushing towards? Why are you doing what you're doing? And so BHAG is an acronym they came up with, which stands for pardon, your big, hairy, audacious goal. 
it is that it is a goal that you set that is this ostentatiously enormous big thing that if you can reach your BHAG, it's your big, hairy, audacious goal. Okay. So does it make sense? That's what this is. I'm just, this is, yeah, I'm, you, you can pay me thousands for this little bit of information. I don't mind. No, 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 but it's, so, so as I was thinking about this, you know, there, the, the, the question that I thought of is, no, I want to ask you a question and be thinking about in this. What is your personal, big, hairy, audacious truth? And what I'm saying here is because there's, there's that one thing that, that a lot of people believe in their hearts that, that this, this whole thing is about. In other words, they feel like, you know what, um, you know, if, 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 when all hell breaks loose in your life, and I'm going to put it that way quite bluntly, when things go off the chain, crazy, you don't know top from bottom, feels like the waves have tumbled you a few times, as people have died, your health is taking a tank, you're in pain in your body, you can't sleep at night, your emotions are overloaded. Any of you ever been there? Sometimes it feels like just a little bit more and, and it's the last straw, you know. Um, and so, so you, most people, if they're going to pull themselves out of a situation, they have a pillar a rock, something that they go to. And most Christians have this thing that they say, well, you know what, you know, if, it, if, I, if, if it's serving or it's worship or it's prayer, if I can just pray enough or worship enough or serve enough or, or, or something, then they feel like that is, that is their, their, their ultimate pillar. It's their thing that they believe will fix the issue. It's their one basic truth. Well, I'm going to what, what, I, what I wanted to get established over here is there really is only one foundation that we can be planted on. There is only one truth that will and has the ability for us to, do, to be grounded and established on. And, and, I, and I need to say this just as, as a side thought. When we, we've spoken about the armor of God in Ephesians 6, and it talks that the armor of God, the armor of God, it's important to understand those are truths and facts that when we're established on, they equip us to handle life. That isn't something that you say with your mouth, Lord, I'm putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace, and I've got the belt of truth, I've got the breastplate of righteousness, and I've got the helmet of salvation, I've got the shield of faith, and I've got the sword of the Spirit, and now I'm ready for the day. You know what I mean? I've joked before, and I've said, I used to get exhausted trying to put the armor on every day until Ed asked me, he said, why did you take it off? I was like, mm. you know, we, we go through such crazy exercises, but, but all those, those, those aren't little religious things that we're supposed to do, but those are truths that as we grow established, when, you're, when, you, when you are established in what sozo and soteria and salvation is, it guards your mind. And when you know what the breastplate of righteousness is, whew, dude, the belt of truth, what is established, the gospel of peace that the peace, gospel is peace. It's the one that carries us through. It's the one who motivates us. It's the one that gives us go travel. When we know how to use the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit, it's equipping, you know, so, so it's equipping us for life to, to, to stop those fiery darts. Any of you had what feels like a flaming dart in your side? Man, it hurts. 
Those flaming darts come in, and they can come in from all angles. They can come in from your family, good-meaning pastors, good-meaning individuals, the guy on TV that's taking up an offering. I don't know what your flaming dart is, you know, but, but you've got all these, these, these things. But, but as you get established in truth, in, in these truths, you, it equips you. It helps protect you. You don't have to just grow a thicker skin. Use the armor of God. Get established. And, and this is not just something that you just say, okay, God, I'll put on the armor. Now I'm done. No, it, 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 you grow in that. I hate to say it, but this is a progressive thing. I know a lot more now about faith, righteousness, and the helmet of salvation than I did back then. And I'm still learning, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? You hear me? So I needed to say that because truth, getting yourself established in truth is going to help you. But, okay, so, so um, there's the story about Charlie Chaplin. Now, Charlie Chaplin in his day was the most recognizable face on the earth. You've see, have you seen some old Charlie Chaplin movies? The guy walks around tick, 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 with his little bowler hat and umbrella, and he's hysterical. You know that, that, they, that he actually went to a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest, and they didn't recognize him. <laughs> you can look it up on Google, There's this, which is fascinating, because you will only see what you think you're looking for. You will only see what you think you're looking for. You can only recognize what you see. We, we, I've, I've, I've given you an illustration before about how God speaks to us. He speaks to us in a certain language, and, and I'm not going to go into that particular one right now, but our beliefs, what we believe in our hearts, and we've, we've dealt with this before, and we, in the, even in the last series, what we, what we carry in our hearts is our, is our belief system. Now, your belief system, it's up to you, as we've studied in the sowing series, it's up to you to plant the word in your heart so it can and nourish it, water it, weed it, all of that, so that the truth can be established in your heart. Okay? We did six here on that. How you, you, it's important to get truth established and, and the truth of the word of God in the Nourish and Flourish series. But, but, but it's important that, that you understand that you see, you have a worldview, you have a paradigm, you have a, 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 an experience, you have a religious belief system just because you're a person. We all come from different places. And that's why we have to do what I said in the last series, put off, renew our mind, and put on. Because that part of that, part of that process is a light, renewing our mind and our heart so that we can sort of iron out the kinks in how we see and process and work to with these things in, in God. Because, because your, your heart and my heart, we're, we're going from glory, from, from glory to glory. We slowly, if we let our minds be renewed, if we follow the process that we're encouraged to, that we studied in the law series, right? to allow our hearts to be mind, and minds to be renewed, then we get this, this truth. Uh, uh, we start seeing things as they ought to be. Okay? Okay. God wants you and I ultimately to experience abundant life. But because of your culture be it American or Puerto Rican or South African or 
whatever culture you come from, or Southern, or Northern, or Californian, or New Yorkers, or Texan, you, whatever it is, you come from a, you, you actually have a, you have crazy amount of cultures in this country, let me tell you. I've traveled this country, and if you just think every American is the same culture, uh-uh. You have a similar language, but man, have you got some different paradigms. You have a paradigm. You have a worldview. You have an experience that you see everything through. You have a filter, and that filter is your heart. That filter, as I said, your responsibility is to clear up this filter so that you can see things as they are. You can actually see things as they are. Now, that's an important understanding because this is what happens if, in the last series I said, you change from the inside out, right? Now, if you try, which I used to do when I was a young Christian because I was in a religious church, if you try and change from the outside in, in other words, you just do the actions without understanding how to change, to put off, renew your mind and put on, if you just change the actions, what happens after six months, one year, two years, ten years, when you get tired? You just go back to the way you were. It's kind of like a default autopilot setting. You can take that plane and you can say if it's set to fly at 6,000 feet on the course of due north and you descend to 4,500 feet and you, and you take it to a different setting and, get, and if, you, if it's on autopilot and you let it go, it'll go back to 6,000 feet. It's autopilot. Your heart is like that. How you program your autopilot is make, what makes the difference because otherwise you put all this effort in to change and be and act and pretend outwardly. Again, you pretend outwardly that I really like doing outreach and that I really like the people that go to church with me, but I really don't, <laughs> you know, whatever. Or I really, ah, I'm going to put on the fake smile, you know, welcome, brother, you know, you know that, that, that canned plastic file. And, and the world just thinks, what a bunch of hypocrites. And, 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 and you know, they're kind of right. <laughs> because we're pretending and we're not, even, we're not even experiencing the genuine thing. The genuine thing. And God is all about genuine change and genuine experience. And you can. You can. We can. We can experience these things genuinely but but if we don't we so so understanding this this process are you with me okay so um we we make with this filter with this with it if, if if we don't change from the inside out then we are ultimately just going to go back to where we come from and you do that enough many you do that enough times and you eventually lose hope you try real hard to change and do something, and then it goes back to where it was. You could, just for sake of an illustration, you can go down, like have a really bad year or two, and if your heart is set here and you, it, and, and you let go, it will come back to where you are. Or vice versa, you can put a whole bunch of external effort and take yourself up, but ultimately you will just descend back to where you were. You get the picture. Okay. So it's important to understand that change, Jesus is clean the inside of the cup, and the things change automatically. Change, as we said in the, last, in the last series, change your belief system. Invest in changing in your belief system, which, as we studied, is, is some work. 
It's, it takes effort. Your belief system doesn't just change because you come to church on a Sunday for an hour and two. It, it, it starts here. But it's kind of like me just pointing the direction. You know, like a guy on a street corner when you're on a road race and the guy just says, go that way. You know, that's kind of like what a Sunday seems to be. Like, we're like, hey, this is the way. Rah, 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 go and run, run, run. Go that way. But if you just sat there and said, oh, hey, great, I ran the road race. No, you didn't. <laughs> you, you hear what I'm saying, right? Okay, so I, I, I know that it's very, it, it is, is it getting warm inside the auditorium a little bit? No? Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So your, your belief system does all sorts of things. When you understand that that's the filter, that's the paradigm that you see the world through, it, it change, it, it's, you see relationships through that filter. You see character through that filter. You see this. You make judgments based on your paradigm. In other words, you judge other people based on your paradigm, your set of belief systems. Okay? So if you, 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 you filter everybody and say, oh, well, they don't do that. They don't do this. Or they do that. Oh, wow. You, whatever it is, you make these judgments. You make assumptions based on your filter. Okay? So, you, uh, you know, a good teacher, preacher will tell you that you've got to read anything in, in context. In context, Right? So the word context literally means, if you go and look up the word context with, it actually means to weave together, right? So this is why when we understand this, we've got to learn how to read and understand Scripture. Because you are reading and understanding Scripture right now through your filter. You are listening to me right now through your filter. So you have to always just be teachable and say, Lord, and that's my, my job too, just in case you think I'm excluding myself. No, I have to be able to say, Lord, teach me. Change. I, I'm willing to change. I'm willing to learn. It's, a, it's an attitude of teachable and humility that we all have to have. Otherwise, we don't change. We don't, have, we don't experience this pathway to more and more life. And, and more and more experiencing his, his abundant life. So, so when I hear a preacher or teacher, I, I, I filter it through, through my belief system, okay? So this, this is, it, when, when, when a preacher says, you've got to read it in context, and you, and you see a scripture, um, and normally it's read the whole passage, sometimes it's the whole book, right? You go back to the previous topic and you read the whole topic in context because if you just, just take out, pick out one little verse, you can make the scripture say just about anything. And it's like, you know, the truth shall set you free. No, it doesn't say that. You know, I've used that one many times. There's lots of things like, oh, God makes everything happen for the good. No, he doesn't. Read the context. That has to be torn. It's very easy when you see that, well, okay, I know, hold on, I've got to go this way. <laughs> but they are, it's very important to understand the context. But, but let me tell you, there is a grander context than just the three verses or the four verses or the, the one chapter. We, we, have to, we have to learn to read the entire Bible, the entire Bible through a context. We have to be able to see it through the very nature and character of God. 
And we have to be, we have to be so persuaded that in our hearts, in our, in our, on our lives of the truth that it's, it starts lining up with, oh, hold on a second. Now, the unthink, because of this, God doesn't change. And we can, I'm not, I didn't have all the scriptures prepared, but it says it in Malachi, it says it in the book of James, etc., etc. God does not change. If he had to change, we'd be destroyed, it says in Malachi. It is, in James it says that within him there's no shadow of turning. There is no, God does not and has never changed. And I'm talking about his character and nature here. Never. And, and if we study that topic just as a topic, it makes a lot of sense when you understand why God did things in the old covenant versus the new covenant. There was covenants, and that's why we see. But that's not talking about the character and nature of God. The character and nature of God are unchangeable. Who he is is who he's always been and who he always will be. That's why when Moses said, what is his name, remember? And he said, I am. I am. He, he is. And then he defined himself in the Old Testament through, through his names. And we've touched on the covenant names of God, but there's a lot more names of God than just the six or seven covenant names you mostly hear. But, but those define his character and nature. And those are, I'm going to say it again, unchangeable. And another fancy word is immutable, the immutability of God. They do not change. God will always be who he is. He will always be shepherd. He will always be provider. He will always be healer. He will always be your victory. He will always be. And, and each one of these truths about his character, when they understand and you get to see the knowledge of God, we are knowing him. Ooh, hold on a second, knowledge of God. Remember Second Peter 1? That we, by these things, can experience all of these truths that we've already been given through our knowledge of Him. And that's talking about, not information about Him, that's talking about knowing Him. That's talking about intimacy. That's talking about knowing my wife. My wife can finish my sentences and tell my stories and think that they were her stories. <laughs> And some of them are, <laughs> but, but because we, we, know, we know one another. So, so this whole thing, it's important to understand the ultimate personality and character and unchanging nature of God. It, it's, it's essential to understand it because if I teach anything from this pulpit or you read anything, or you watch any televangelist on TV, when you know him, it creates a filter. And you're like, uh-uh, that can't be. You hear, you go to a church, or, or some teaching, or you hear something, and somebody said, oh, yeah, God gave them that disease. And immediately, you're like, bing, that filter says, uh-uh, no, he's Jehovah Rapha, he can't do anything, he can't give disease. God, your healer, cannot give disease because he ain't got it. He ain't got it to give. He cannot lie. There's a lot of things God cannot do. Lots of things. But you see, the, the knowledge of God is so small right now in the body of Christ, generally speaking, that we believe traditions and cultures. We don't know him. We don't know him. We don't know, know him.
And, and so when I, when I talk about personal responsibility and giving you keys to, to life, a lot of you here or watching on TV could hear what I'm saying and say, oh, he's just talking about works. He's just telling me something I need to pick up myself and do from the outside. And I'm saying, no, no, I'm not. In fact, in fact this, the, the most important, the B-hat that we need to know, you're ready for this, right? You know this in your heart. There's one ultimate truth and carry of the character and nature of God is that God is love. God is love. Not human-defined love, because we're quick to just transpose what we think is love and niceness, and I just give in all the time. No, 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 no. No, God defines love. He ultimately is truth and defines what truth is. So I have to go to God to understand even what truth is. Because I don't get to define truth. I don't get to see these things. I have got to see God as he is, as he reveals himself in the word of God. As he reveals himself in his names, as he reveals himself in his word, as he reveals himself in and through the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the image of God. We say this many times. But you want to see Jesus revealed or God revealed in the flesh, it's Jesus. Okay. The man's getting quiet. I don't know if I'm... My, I got you. Okay. So, so it's really important to, to see this because um, Jesus actually said, and, and if you read the, the book from Genesis to Revelation, Jesus actually said that he is the one spoken of since the beginning. Which is pretty crazy because you don't see, you know, his name shall be called Emmanuel. You see that prophesied, right? But it actually says, even in the, in the five books, Moses' books, the first five books of the Bible, Listen to, listen to this. In the, the, remember the two guys on the road to Emmaus after Jesus was di- died? And, and he was, they were walking with Jesus, but they didn't recognize him? I wonder why. Until he did something recognizable. But in Luke 24, 25, it says this, And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe, all the prophets have spoken. Powerful. That's in verse 25. He says, O foolish ones, slow of heart to believe, all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So he pulled out the old quote-unquote testament that people just want to dump. And he said, no, no, no. Moses, through all the prophets, were a revelation of Jesus. The context to read it was, was Jesus, except they didn't get the filter. They didn't understand. They were, un, they, were, they were so quick to do things a different way or to see God through their idolatrous eyes. They had eyes that had been, that had been uh, muddied by the gods of Egypt and the gods. And that's why he said, stay away from this idolatry. And that it changed their filters on how they would see things. So he's saying, he said, so he says, no, no, you're not seeing it. Remember, I mean, just as an aside, Jesus came on the scene and he used the same scriptures that all of the other teachers did, all the Pharisees. And he taught a totally different, presented a totally different picture of God. And they were like, what? Because they 
couldn't see it. They had the same scripture, but they had, different, they had a different filter. They had different glasses on there. So John 5 says this, John 5, 39. You search the scriptures because you think that, that in them you have eternal life. It is they that bear witness about me. It's those, it's, he says, it's those ones, if you look at it in different translations, those scriptures that have life are the ones that are talking about me. I'm the filter. In verse 46 of that chapter, it says, he tells, and he's talking to the religious people, and he says, if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? You see, all of these Old Testament views that they had was from a fake, faulty paradigm and image that they had created of God. Now, um, I, I obviously never learned this that I'm talking about when I was first born again. I was in a very religious little church, and I, I got saved um, because I was terrified of going to hell. I was a little, little guy, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go to hell and burn in eternity in a lake of fire. Help me, Jesus, you know, you know, and thank God, but that's not a good way to get saved, let me just tell you. Hell is a reality. The lake of fire is a reality. All of those are truths, but, but we don't scare people into reality. You don't, I mean, can you imagine I tried to woo my wife that way? You need to marry me, otherwise you're going to die and burn in hell forever. <laughs> Corin wouldn't have bought that. <laughs> but you, you aren't, love, love doesn't work that way. Because, because the whole thing is based on, on relationship, right? So, but, but being this mindset, there is a lot of people that, that oh, well, you know, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to scare the life out of them. Even though hell is a reality. Hell is a reality. It is something that we should shun, as Reinhard Bonnke said. Heaven is something we should be look forward to, and hell is definitely something we should, um, should shun. But, but legalism can destroy a life. Now, legalism is the one thing I believe Jesus told us, one thing that Jesus told us to beware of. In that, in that scripture in, where was it, in um, uh, Matthew 16, it says, when the, read this with me in verse 5, it says, When the disciples reached the other side, they had forgotten to bring bread. And Jesus said to them, Watch and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they began discussing it amongst themselves, saying, We brought no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said, Oh, you little faith. Why are you discussing among yourself the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets you gathered or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it that you fail to understand that I do not speak about bread? Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You see, the, the, he was telling them, be careful of the religious instruction, he was, telling, he, he was telling them to be careful of legalism. Now, I fell for legalism hard. I became a legalist like Paul, just about. I, I was dead scared if I went over the, the speed limit that I would have to confess my sin before God. And because if I died at going 
a few miles over the speed limit, I might just go to hell with unconfessed sin in my life. I really did. That's pretty sad. You know, that legalism can absolutely destroy your life. And Corin and I have, have had experience with legalism both in our personal lives and in, in, in other things. But it can literally take your life from you. Legalism to the extreme can absolutely kill you. And Jesus is saying, beware of the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, what are they talking about? Let's, let's go to John chapter 5. Now, I'm going to summarize this passage, but in John chapter 5 from verse 1 to 17, basically, the story is the, in the pool of Bethesda, there's the, this, this, this pool that an angel stirs the, stirs the waters, and there, it says there's, there's a multitude in verse 3 of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. And there was a man there that had been invalid for 38 years. Okay, So then Jesus saw, sees him lying there a long time, and he says, hey, do you want to be healed? And the guy says, sir, I have no one to put me in the water when the water is stirred up, and, I'm going to, I'm, and, and while I'm going, another one steps in before me. And Jesus said, get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed and took up his bed and walked. Hallelujah. Woohoo. Great miracle. 38 years, Jesus tells him to walk. And the guy, it's interesting if you study that he was the only one there. But then it says this little thing. Now that day was the Sabbath. And then it says in verse 10. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, the man who healed me, the great man of courage that he is, the man who healed me, that man said, take up your bed and walk. So he's immediately shifting the blame. And they asked him, who is the man that said to you, take up your bed and walk? Because they, they want to find this guy that's telling him to break the rules. The rules say you're not allowed to carry a bed. Actually, dude, you are extrapolating super legalistically what is, you're not supposed to do any common labor on a Sabbath. It's a day of rest. The, the, the Jews had so seen legalism and taken that into the extreme about how you can't even do this and you can't even do that. In fact, if you go and study the fence laws, they had taken the 633 commandments of the Old Testament and turned them into thousands. You can go and even the Jews today, they, have, they go by the fence laws. They teach the fence laws. Nothing that's, in the, even the, that's in, the, in, in the word of God. But he says, no, you're going, to take your, you're going to take your bed. And who's the guy that says that? He said, well, this guy told me, show me this. And then there was a crowd. Afterwards, Jesus, it says in verse 14, tell, finds the guy and says, see, you are well. Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. And the man went away and told the Jews. So he went looking for the Jews and says, it was Jesus. That's how, yeah, that's, that's how super happy he was that he was healed. I'm going to throw Jesus under the bus because these guys are looking for some, these guys are looking for somebody to blame about me carrying my bed for Pete's sake. He's terrified of the Jews because they're hot because the guy carried his bed on a Sabbath. Religion cares nothing about people. Legalism cares nothing about people. In John chapter 8, from, you know from verse 1, there's that woman caught in the act of adultery. That thing was a setup, right, from beginning to end. They did it. They didn't care about it. They just wanted to trick Jesus. They didn't care if a woman, they were going to stone the woman just to try and trick Jesus. 
don't care about people. Religion and legalism has never cared about people. Even in the story of the Good Samaritan, the Levite and the priest, they don't care about the guy bleeding and suffering because he's a Samaritan. Ew, I can't touch Samaritans. Do you see? You see, legalism says, look good. Be the plate. Be the white painted sickle. As long as you look good on the outside, we'll be proud of you because you're doing a great job for our community. Jesus and God says, listen, uh, outward, outwardly you kind of look okay, but man, you stink. Because he looks at the heart, right? He looks at the heart. And so, so, so this technical legalism is, is heartless and cruel. It's, it's got nothing about intimacy and passion. And so Jesus comes and, 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 and he reveals a whole new uh, he, he, a whole new perspective, a whole new paradigm of God. And he starts talking about God as his father. He says, Father. Do you know that they, they didn't speak to God like Father? You go and find how many times in the Old Testament, there are a few, but it's like a few, where it talks about God as Father. He just... So, so Jesus, of course, tells us, beware of the, the leaven of the Pharisees. Why? Because their teaching is, their teaching is uh, tainted. Just like leaven, leaven's a lump, their teaching and perspective is, is... And now listen, if you guys have come like me through a religious system where you feel like well, it was tainted, now some of you are lucky, you got born again and you didn't get into that sort of legalism or that sort of religion. But there is stinky legalism. There's stinky rituals that, that are in tons of quote-unquote churches. I, I almost don't like calling them churches, but that's just the word that we use because it's got a steeple and a bell. It's not a church. The stuff that they create is not even in the word of God. It's, it's sickening. It's, it really is sickening. So... So, but, but, so Jesus says, be careful. Legalism ain't, is just, that is poison. Legalism is poison. And if you have experienced legalism and you come into an experience and you get to know who the Father is, you get to experience his love and grace, man, it's like those proverbial scales, right, fall from your eyes. I know I had been born again. I know, I, 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 be, I really do believe I had been born again. But those, when, when I, because I came sincerely to God, I called on the name of the Lord. And Romans 10 says that if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved, right? So, um, but how you see God is absolutely powerful and important because, because this character and nature of God, as I mentioned earlier, is God is love. Love is not something that God does. It's who he is. It's, it's so important to understand it. And then when you open your heart, I guess my question for you today is, will you open your heart to, to have and paint that picture of, of God being love? Because we can, we can and will look at a few scriptures next week, a, lot, a bunch of scriptures about the love of God. And, and I tell you, if you open your heart, it will blow your mind. It will set you on fire. It will set you free like you have never been before. Because love will change everything. 
And then you see, you, it, it's, it's, let, me, let me say this so loud and clear. It's so important to have that image of God in your heart. Because I can't teach you anything without you being established in love. If you are not personally established in love, you will pass what I'm saying through a filter of legalism and you will say, I'm, the pastor's just giving me more stuff to do. He's just telling me I've got to jump so high or jump a little higher. That is not what I'm saying, but that's what you, that's what you will hear. Your filter will lie to you. Your filter will say, God's not happy with me unless I do this or act or give. You'll find like, listen, God, God loved you, it says in Romans 5 verse 8, while you were still sinners. God loved you while you were still a sinner. That, that if you just chew on that, hold on a second, God loves me as much as a sinner? Yep. But I want to be loved. I'm God's special. Yes, I'm sure you are very special. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> you are very special. God has a, a unique place, a unique love for you. But let me tell you that, that so much of the church world is trying to love God. And they are trying to please God. They're trying to be loved by God. And that is impossible until you know that God loves you. I like how Karen said in one of our prayer meetings earlier this week when we were saying, we, God is the one that loves us and says it very clearly in 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. We are the reflection of his love. We are the reflection of his love. We are the moons to his son. You ain't got it within you to love God or love people. Because then if you carried on in, first, in, in that First John 4, 19, if you carried on there, it says, so, so we need to love our brother. You see, when we receive the love of God, when we open our hearts to receive the love of God, then when we let it, that, the, the sun of his love, if you will, come and shine on us, then suddenly my heart becomes persuaded and grounded in love. Everything that I see, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's love, that's love. Do you know that the wrath of God is an expression of his love? Whoa. Yes, because he is love. He can't do but this. Do you know that anger is an expression of his love? Do you know that his jealousy, God can get jealous and does get jealous because he loves you that much. When he, when, when we, because, you know, when you are that grounded in love, that's, that's the filter you're going to see everything through. You, you will have sunglasses, not sunglasses. You will, you will be able to see his love through that perspective and know that, my gosh, my God loves me. Nothing will happen to you that you won't blame God because, I mean, I was there because I was so, man, if something, oh, why is God doing this to me? Or why is God allowing this to me? Listen, you know, I, I know I've got to go and teach that one again sometime, but that ain't God. That is not God. And when you understand that, you will not ever doubt that again. You will not ever think that God is 
choosing to do something or choosing to allow something to you again. And it'll set you free. Amen? I have to end there today. But, but please, take this message and listen to it a couple times this week. And let's, let's get grounded in this so that we, so all of these things. And, and it's not just a message. Um, it's not just about, oh, yeah, I'm going to go through 1 Corinthians. You can teach God's love without ever touching 1 Corinthians 13. But you can't talk about God without understanding his love. For God so loved. For God so loved. That's his motive. It's why he does everything. Amen. Let's just close our eyes. Father, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for sending out your son. Thank you for revealing your love to us. Lord, I choose right now to keep my heart open to hear what you're saying to me because I haven't arrived. I know I haven't arrived. I don't know everything. Teach me, Holy Spirit. Teach me that I can be completely established in your love for me, grounded so that I can see you and your word as I ought to. Interpret as I ought to. See things as you see them. And Father, I pray for, for my brothers and sisters and myself, for, for Lake Haven. Father, give us a grander, deeper, wider, higher revelation of your love that we can be filled to all your fullness. Thank you, Father. This morning, if you don't know Jesus, perhaps you came with a family member, this is the most important decision. Then you just need to surrender. It's the best way I think of it. Just surrender. Just say, Lord, I, I've never known that you love me, or I just, give, I, just, I just give my life to you. Help me where I'm at. That's all you need to do. Because God will meet you. That heartfelt prayer will meet you right where you're at. And we... If that's the prayer of your heart, then please come and, as we close the service now, just come and speak to one of our prayer ministers. And um, up front here, they're really awesome prayer ministers, and they'd love to pray with you. And know that, that no matter what other prayer requests you have, if you're online, you can text the word prayer to our texting church number, 352-441-3016, and we'll have somebody get back in touch with you um, in the next little bit. And and make sure that we can pray with you and agree with you. Amen. Know that, you know, that uh, there's also, I'm just reminded, there, there, if you're online and you're in the area, obviously, or if you're here and you need somebody to come and visit you, I want you to let you know that that's possible too. Just call out if you feel like you need it, then you need somebody to pray with you. You know, some people are super embarrassed in coming to the front. And that's okay. This is not about embarrassing you. These prayer ministers are here, by the way, before services as well. But, but they are more than willing to pray with you. And they are perceptive. They have the Holy Spirit in the sense that they know how to listen to him and know how to give you great counsel and led by the Spirit. Amen. So I want to encourage you. Um, you know, we all need encouragement sometimes. Amen. Sometimes we need somebody to agree with us. Sometimes you just... You feel something's off and you, you, you want some help with something, talk to one of the prayer ministers. They, it's going to be completely um, uh, confidential always. Amen. Yes. Amen.
Hallelujah. So, Lord, we just commit our hearts to you. Thank you, Lord, that you open our hearts and minds to what you're teaching us. Thank you, Lord, that you're preparing us to receive a great liberty, a great depth of liberty and freedom in understanding how your, how your love, how, how we, when we see everything through this foundation, it will ultimately change everything. We just surrender to that, Lord, and we do choose to be instruments of your righteousness and your love in Jesus' name. If you want to. Amen. Man, as I always say, you have so much nuggets in your messages. It's hard to digest sometimes. But uh, as Pastor Shannon just mentioned, that's key. You know, it's us surrendering. Amen. We must surrender to the truth. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit will help us. And uh, one of the ways that he, he does assist us, as Pastor Shannon mentioned it, is through our prayer ministers. You know, oftentimes we need someone to hook up with us. And uh, it's just such a beautiful sight to have these people here that are filled with the Holy Spirit and the Word of God, just like they were in the book of Acts and just like you are, to, to agree with. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So as we prepare to leave, do not uh, leave and go that way if you need to come this way. We'll just put it that way, huh? How about that? That sounds all right? Don't go that way if you need to come this way. Praise the Lord. Thank God for, for, for Pastor Earl and Miss Jill. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just their presence. Amen. Years and years of ministry. Pastor T has a confession to make, y'all. Ooh, I know, Lord have mercy. Our ushers are so faithful, you know, and at the beginning, say the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning of the service, they came and told me that somebody left the lights on. It's the end of the service, y'all. <laughs> so listen, my wife drives a V8 engine with a nice battery in it. I'm not going to say the car. If y'all go out and your vehicle don't start, just come and tap me on the shoulder and I'll help you out. <laughs> How about that? Y'all forgive me? Don't just sit there and go, rin, 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 rin. just sit, okay, come get past T. I missed it. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand and uh, enjoy your freedom both naturally and, and, and spiritually. Amen. As we prepare to dismiss and just enjoy your freedom here, many of us know that it could be much, wor much worse than what it is. And here in America, we are free. And here and throughout the world, if you're in Christ Jesus, as Pastor brought out this morning, you're definitely free for eternity. Amen. So go in your freedom, go in your happiness, go in your joy in Jesus' name. Amen. You are free to leave.